Welcome to Live, Laugh, Talk. I'm your host, James Graham. And what a joy it is to be with you today. You are one amazing audience. And I'm so happy to have the opportunity to be here with you. In this episode, we will begin with a topic entitled, Life Comes at You Fast. Then we will transition to our segment, How Did We Get Here? followed by our hobbies and special interest section, and then conclude, as always, with our sunflower message. We really do appreciate you, our audience. You're so attentive. And you participate in this podcast. And you know how you're doing that? Well, on Spotify, you've been adding voice memos and comments. You've participated in our poll. We're starting to see more comments than ever. And we appreciate that. Keep it up. Keep the suggestions coming. On admin at livelaughtalk.com. And also, we have noticed by the notifications we get from the podcast companies, by the hosting companies, that you are following us. You're following us on Good Pods. You're following us on Apple. You're following us on SoundCloud, Google. We get reports. You're also following us on Spotify. Yes, that enables you to be notified of new episodes when they're released. And we haven't forgotten that many of you have responded back that you want the newsletter. So we'll be sending those out in emails as well. We'll get you your newsletters. In addition, we want you to remember, and you've done this to rate us the highest number. We've even got beside those ratings on some podcast platforms like Apple, comments about the show and what you like most, and we need that. We appreciate it. It makes this more interactive. It's not just a one-person show with one person coming up with their own ideas. No, it's a host of people listening, joining in, making suggestions, and giving us the number 25 podcast on Good Pods. And we're hoping to only to keep rising to the top. And that's thanks to you. The topic that we will begin with today is entitled, Life Comes At You Fast. Life Comes At You Fast is a popular ad campaign started in 2004 by a famous insurance company, which made light of the fact that you may wake up today with your life being in one way, and tomorrow it completely changes. It used many popular people in its ad campaigns, such as Fabio, Hammer, many others who were able to bring light to the fact that life comes fast. Today, It's a popular meme or GIF on social media. This entire expression highlights 
the unpredictability and the rapid changes that can occur in one's lifetime. It suggests that circumstances, events, and challenges can arise suddenly, catch a person off guard. This phrase often serves as a reminder to be prepared for the unexpected and to adapt to changes with resilience and flexibility. It's a way of acknowledging the dynamic and sometimes chaotic nature of life. This expression emphasizes the idea that life can shift from one state to another in a short span of time. Now, I've seen this in my own personal life. It seems as though I was 18 years old. I was graduating high school. I went to sleep one night and I woke up middle age. That's how quick life seemed to have passed me by. Like a blink of an eye. Life comes at you fast is an expression that underscores the importance of being adaptable and open to change. Because for many of us, it does feel like the blink of an eye. Just as we might be enjoying a moment of stability, an unforeseen event or opportunity can present itself and alter our entire course. Haven't we seen this in our personal life? You may be sitting on high, things going well, then all of a sudden, everything, just the rug is pulled out from under you. You're at work one day, everything is going great. Next day, the company goes under and you're now looking for another job. See, this phrase encourages us to be mindful, proactive, willing to navigate the twists and turns that life throws our way, all of us. It serves as a reminder to appreciate the present while also being prepared for whatever may lie ahead. In a broader sense, life comes at you fast reflects the concept that time moves quickly and our experiences and our circumstances can evolve rapidly. So we have to stay attentive. We have to make the most of every moment, as well as the importance of resilience and adaptability in the face of change. Oftentimes, this phrase is used to share wisdom gained from personal experiences or to offer advice to others, encouraging them to stay alert and make informed decisions and embrace both the challenges and opportunities that may come their way. It's a reminder that life is a continuous journey and we must be prepared to handle whatever comes next. And it's important as a reminder to repeat that we have to make the most of every moment. When I was 16 years old, 15 years old. I couldn't wait to be 16. 
See, in my mind, I was thinking, well, I can drive by myself when I'm 16 and my dad promised a car. So that time from 15 to 16 felt like a decade. It felt like it took forever. And then when I was 16, man, I can't wait to be 18. I graduate high school and then I'll do this and that. Those two years felt like decades too. It felt like it just whipped by. But then what happened? As I mentioned to you, once I turned 18, I went to sleep and I was middle-aged. See, what I didn't do was make the most of every moment. I was rushing life by. And that's the advice that I offer to others. To the younger generation, I say, enjoy your time. Don't rush the years. Don't hope to be something else. Can't wait till this year comes around. Because after you get to a certain age, the years begin to whip by. So enjoy the time you have now. Another layer to the phrase, life comes at you fast, is its resonance with the unpredictable nature of modern life. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, with the rapid pace of technological advancements, global events, and personal circumstances, individuals often find themselves needing to quickly adjust to new realities. The expression captures the essence of how life can swiftly transition from calm to chaotic or from mundane to extraordinary, catching us totally by surprise. Now, we mentioned the rapid pace of technological advancements. And don't we see that today? Think about it. Just a few years ago, a flat screen TV will cost eight to $10,000 when it was 45 inch to maybe 50 inch. Crazy numbers. Today, that TV would be considered an antique. Nobody would have a plasma, for instance, around right now. It's an antique. And TVs that are much larger, much better, more technologically advanced, will cost you pennies on the dollar in comparison. A 75-inch today will cost you about $550 or even better on Black Friday. We talk about the rapid pace of global events. Overnight things change. One day a country's at peace with its neighbor. The next day there's war. And within our personal circumstances, rapid pace happens all the time. A person can find themselves today in high school, tomorrow in college, the day after that, married with children. Everything changed, it seems, overnight. The phrase can also be interpreted as a cautionary reminder to not take things for granted. We have to appreciate the good times. 
Make the most of opportunities. Be prepared to handle challenges that may arise unexpectedly. And this I remind people all the time, that we may have to acknowledge the transient and unpredictable nature of life in that we're prompted to cultivate a sense of mindfulness, self-awareness, and a willingness to learn and grow from our experiences. If we learn from things that happen in life, we're better when things may happen again that challenge us. Or we may be able to teach others or forewarn them so that they don't have to go through certain things that we have learned our lessons from. In summary, life comes at you fast, encapsulates the idea that life is dynamic, ever-changing, and often full of surprises. Are you ready? See, this expression serves as a call to remain adaptable, resilient, and appreciative of the journey, regardless of the twists and turns that may lie ahead. Again, are you ready? If not, let's make ourselves ready. Let's be mindful of the fact that life is just not going to go like a plot in a movie. It's not going to be written out and everything come at us easy. It's going to often change. It's going to often surprise us. But we need to make sure that we are adaptable. But most of all, we need to make sure that we are appreciative of life's journey. Because life comes at us fast. Every year it seems that there are new words and terms that come along that are popular or used frequently today that wasn't even a term five years ago. One said word or one said term is a porch pirate. What is a porch pirate? But well, that's someone who preys on parcels and steals them from homes or right off the porch of that home. See, these thieves can strike in any area or neighborhood at any time, and they target all sizes of packages. Now, what do they hope to gain? Well, they steal packages the hopes that it has some valuable item they can sell, such as a computer or a gaming console. Now you at home, ordering your packages, you're ready. You're happy. It's like Christmas time in July, as they say. And these days you can get almost anything delivered. You can get clothing, groceries, medication, pet supplies. It's a convenience that we appreciate. 
Some of us may have several packages coming up, a shopping spree. Maybe we went a little overboard. Maybe we were on Amazon or we were on Etsy. We're enjoying our happy experience. We can't wait to get our package. You know who else can't wait? The porch pirate. It's a happy day for him or her too. Nearly eight in 10 Americans have had packages stolen from them within just one year. This was in last year. This was in 2022 of that statistic. In 2022, Porch Pirates stole 260 million packages estimated at $19.5 billion. That's billion with a B. So much so that eight U.S. states have made package theft a felony. Now, we already know it's a felony with the United States Postal Service. We're talking about porch piracy. Texas, Michigan, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, New Jersey, and Kentucky have all made package theft a felony. That's how bad it's gotten. Now, it's peak time was during the pandemic because more people shopped online than ever before. Theft of parcels in general also tends to increase during the holiday season. When shopping is on the rise, so are incidences of porch piracy. A good thing is, is that most in online retailers will offer customers a replacement or refund when theft is reported. But who wants to be robbed? Nobody likes that. As mentioned, the U.S. Postal Service mail is prosecuted as a federal crime. And as Americans gear up to travel more often this summer, they may leave their homes unattended, leaving themselves at a higher risk for having packages stolen. COVID-19 caused a large increase in e-commerce because $1.7 trillion have been spent online since 2020. 75% of Americans receive at least one package a week. 22% report receiving packages daily. 94% of porch pirates are 45 years of age and younger. 67% report being middle class. And porch pirates are both men and women. So this is not poor people coming to your house or, or some statistic we have in our heads No, some of these people could be 45 or younger middle class we see men in our minds don't we well, some of these could be women and whether your package contains like for me I like bars of soap or, or certain things from Bath and Body Works it could be a, a $5 bar of soap or it could be a, a $50 designer t-shirt Maybe it's a $200 pair of Jordans. It could be a $500 Xbox gaming console. 
No matter what it is, no matter how much it costs, none of us want our items stolen right from under our nose. We view our home as our safest place and we'll protect it at all costs. So having a porch pirate invade what may feel like invading our home is an epidemic. And 67% of us are falling victim. 22% has had more than one package stolen. 11% have had three or more stolen. Of that 67% of Americans, that's falling victim. And the year 2022 alone, 79% of Americans fell victim to porch pirates with more than half having more than one package swiped from their doorstep, causing an annual amount of loss of theft to more than $19 million. Now, again, we want to look at those numbers. And last year alone, it was 79%. But on average, since 2022, 67% of Americans have fallen victim. But all of that is a loss. And in 2022, that loss was, again, more than $19 million. Now, where do porch pirates like to hang out? Well, it's shown that they really like cities. They don't hang around in the suburbs too much or the rural areas. Now, that does not mean that they won't hit out there. It's just the numbers are low. And some states top the list with the value of, of items stolen. Alaska, Rhode Island, median values around 80 bucks. Oklahoma, same way, way around 75 bucks. Whereas you find coming down to the South is around 75 bucks per item stolen. Hawaii, $66. Delaware, around 69 So nobody's safe. It's not there's a, a safe state. There's this, oh, I live in this state, so we're, no, it's happening anywhere. And it doesn't matter if you're in Alaska where it's freezing cold or you're in Hawaii where it's nice and warm. You could be a victim. What are these people stealing? Hmm. What do you think? What comes to your mind is probably the most packages stolen or from whom? Well, if you're thinking Amazon, you are correct. And that's not surprising. The United States Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS are most popular mail and package delivery services. But the United States Postal Service has the most packages stolen. Now, that would be a surprise out of those three that it's the United States Postal Service because, again, that's a federal crime, right? But of all of these, Amazon has the most at 52% of packages stolen. What do you think is the most stolen item? Clothing followed by books, toys, health and personal care products. Not too far behind is the Postal Service with 43% of packages from carriers stolen. And as mentioned, the others fall 
far behind, that being UPS and FedEx, they account for much lower incidents of stolen packages by porch parents. But altogether, that's still a lot of stolen packages. Now, we can go through the many ways to prevent porch pirates. Maybe we can get tracking, schedule our deliveries. Maybe all of them come at one time. Amazon provides that. We may have went on a shopping spree. We got six different things coming from Amazon, but we can make sure all of them come together in one package. We could require a signature. We could have these packages delivered to a post office box. We can get insurance. There's so many different things that we can do to prevent porch piracy. But the question that we must provide, we must ask ourselves, because see what we have is eight in 10 Americans having packages stolen in 2022, 260 million packages estimated at 19.5 billion stolen in 2022. The question that we all must ask is how did we get here? When I was growing up, I remember television shows that highlighted the importance of music collecting. One of such shows was Sanford and Son, in which Fred Sanford had lost a special album to him, and he had one of his buddies dress up to get this album back. And you might remember it. He was supposed to be blind, Melagella's son, going to get his daddy's record. Well, that was a comical way to let us know how important music is to a collector. It didn't stop there. I remember one of the greatest gifts that the Cosby kids gave to their father on the Cosby show was a jazz record he had looked for for his entire life. Another show just recently, and just like that. In that show, it had one character big, with an entire collection that he had dedicated on a private shelf in his condominium. Yes, music collecting is a fascinating hobby that allows you to curate a diverse collection of albums, records, CDs, or maybe even digital tracks from a different genre and era. It can provide a sense of nostalgia, discovery, and appreciation for the artistry and history behind each piece of music. Whether you're seeking rare vinyl records, limited edition releases, or building a comprehensive digital library, it can be a rewarding and personal way to connect with your favorite tunes. Also, it can involve various aspects, such as researching and tracking down specific releases, attending record fairs, auctions, and connecting with other collectors to trade or share insights. As you build your collection, you may uncover hidden gems, uncovering rare tracks or unique cover art that adds a sense of excitement to the hobby. The process of organizing, cataloging your collection can also be satisfying as you create a system to easily locate and enjoy your favorite pieces. 
Some collectors focus on specific genres, artists, or time periods, while others take a more eclectic approach, gathering a wide range of musical styles. Moreover, collecting music can offer historical and cultural insights, allowing you to explore the evolution of music, production, artwork design, and even technological advancements in formats like vinyl, cassette tapes, CDs, and digital releases. I know that I enjoy sometimes just looking at album covers. My mother had a great collection of music. And sometimes I just get lost in the album cover itself, the artwork design there. In addition to that, music can take you back to a certain time. Sometimes I can hear a song and I can imagine me as a kid listening to that. My dad had a favorite album that he would play by a group named LTD. Every time I hear any song off that album, I can see us going on a trip to the mountains my dad took us on. I can visualize everything. I can almost smell it just by that music. But there are other things, like we mentioned earlier, like historical advantages. Sometimes we can collect music and it can take us back to a period of time that might have been before we was even born. And that music may be able to define an era. I can think about listening to Sam Cooke. A lot of times just going back listening to music like that takes me to a bygone era before I was even born, and what individuals were going through at that time. Yes, music collecting is a hobby that encourages learning. It deepens your appreciation for music as an art form as well. Ultimately, it's a journey that lets you create a tangible representation of your musical taste and interest, and it can be a sense and a source of joy, relaxation, Accomplishment. Accomplishment in building and cherishing your collection over time. Many people love the thrill of the hunt. Whether they're searching for a rare vinyl pressing of a classic album or tracking down a limited edition release or exploring the world of bootlegs and unofficial recordings, mixtapes as we'll call them today. The process of finding and acquiring these treasures can be challenging, rewarding, and create, as we mentioned, a sense of accomplishment when you finally add that elusive piece to your collection. And as you delve deeper into music collecting, you'll find yourself immersing in the stories of the artists behind them. And sometimes, not just the artists, but the producers and the record company that were behind each of those albums. Sometimes you read the stories behind it and you're like, wow, this really happened? I enjoyed reading one time of the, the story behind the Eagles Hotel California. All that happened in that recording and before that recording and then after that recording with them as a group. It's intriguing. All of those backstories give you a particular picture of that recording session, their creative process, their cultural or social context that influence that specific song and maybe even teaches you 
why they're not together today or what broke them up. Or on the other hand, what kept this group together? All of this adds a layer of depth to your hobby, allows you to appreciate music, not only as a sonic experience, but also as a reflection of the times in which it was created. And we always encourage on this podcast, coming together, people coming together. Well, in music collecting, there's a large group of people who enjoy coming together. Collectors are a highlight to music collecting, whether it's through online forums, social media groups, or local meetups. Some of these meetups have imitated old record stores where people can come through and flip through certain albums and give you a feeling of nostalgia because we don't have record stores anymore. But those of us that remember them can get that nostalgia. And I've just found out that a friend of mine, he and I one day went to a record store and they were just giving away old albums. One of these old albums, they gave he and I a copy and then they were like, well, we got just a bunch of them. just Y'all just take the rest of them. We had 12 different albums. Well, we gave them to our friends. And then maybe four or five of them, we don't know what happened to them. Come to find out today, if we were to find those albums, they're worth $200 a piece. (laughs) So there's a lot of opportunities for trading or, or things like that. But most importantly, coming together in these groups can give you a group of like minded individuals that can provide insight, opportunities of trade, or or collaborate on projects. And it'll give a sense of friendship. And we all need that. So music collecting can be a, a vital part of some individuals' lives as it reflects on their musical tastes, interests, and the journey that they've taken to acquire each piece. You can also be like in that show we mentioned where the gentleman had his albums prominently displayed. Yes, you can have a a collection and a dedicated space and that can be your source of pride and also a conversation starter anytime somebody comes to the house. So in a world where music streaming and digital consumption dominate, music collecting offers a tactical and tangible experience that allows you to form a deeper connection with the music you love. It's a hobby that combines the joy of discovery, the thrill of acquisition, and the satisfaction of building a curated collection that tells a unique story. One day, maybe you can share your collection with us, and we can prominently display that on our social media page. We appreciate all of our fans out there and some of you who dedicate stories like this one, but you also dedicate us pictures that we can't wait to post so that others can see some of these gorgeous ideas you have as well as these beautiful collections. Our sunflower message is a beautiful song that's a beautiful poem that each day that you wake up and you're in a mood, whether that's a great mood, 
sour mood or what have you, you should play it at least once. And if you're in that sour mood, it'll brighten your day. And that song is What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than they'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful world. On Cash App, dollar sign Live Laugh Talk, and on Twitter at Live Laugh Talker. Also, Spotify has that dollar sign for you to donate and support our podcast. Also, another way of support is telling your friends. And we see this. The numbers are increasing, and we see friends, family, colleagues, peers, bosses, students, telling other people about us. And it's making our analytics change just a little. As we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we were in one specific demographic. Now it's trending toward another. What that means, there's people out there talking. And that's what we want. That's a way to support us. And matter of fact, that is the way although donations help too. This is James and George's baby boy signing off. And as you know, I can't wait to talk with you again soon.